friends. Welcome to Think Out Loud with me, Natalie. I'm casting this chat from my neck of the woods nearly 5,000 feet above sea level in northern Colorado to you in yours at whatever elevation that may be. I host this digital adventure to turn a lifetime of internal chatter, wondering, silent suffering, and physical and mental close calls into constructive and enlightening conversations with others. And it's working. If you spent any time with me in past episodes, you're hearing me take advantage of the irrevocable license to be curious, issued by the universe and held by every single one of us, and that includes you. You. You have a lot of choices on how to spend your time, your most valuable asset. I appreciate you sharing minutes and moments with me as I gather thoughts and friends and guides and insights from near and far to light my path and illuminate my spirit. Together, we're setting fire to the possibilities of life and giving sparks of incentive to find the value in our vulnerabilities. Thinking out loud is empowering for all of us. As I've done every Sunday morning for many, many months now, I lit a candle, found a stone that speaks to me, and sat with runes, oracle cards, and a tarot deck to tap into my intuition for a bit of magical knowing and understanding. This ritual I honor with myself has brought me incredible insight. I look back over my journal of downloads, sketches, poetry, wonderings, and moments of clarity, and I'm in awe of just how far I've come in my journey of self-awareness. A massive theme of the cards that has wound its way through my pulls and reflections over many months is honesty. Being truthful with myself, examining my stories and beliefs for places in which I might be hiding half-truths and even lies, and therefore stunting my own freedom to be. This morning's magic session was a quiet, steady one. It dawns on me as I think out loud with you now that the last several weeks have been right in line with the messages in the stars and planets, and the cards indicated the same. One chapter is closing, another awaits my pen. For instance, Dagaz, I may not even be pronouncing that right, but it's the Nordic rune I pulled. It's one of breakthroughs. It represents a major shift and steps forward in the pursuit of self-change. The darkness in which I've been dancing is behind me and daylight awaits. This feels incredibly relevant given how hard I've been working to clean my mirror. Have you heard the term? When we look at ourselves in the mirror, do we see a clear reflection of ourselves? Or do we see just over our shoulder in our peripheral shadows of doubt, uncertainty, mistrust, distrust of ourselves for how we're living? They say most folks won't embark on a journey of self-discovery in this lifetime. So the concept of breaking through from dark to light, what this actually entails, doesn't resonate with everyone. So many will brush right over any question of trusting themselves, being right-sided with themselves, being, well, congruent. Congruency, it's a word with which I'm fascinated, as you know, for all it represents. When my insides match my outsides and I'm no longer sidestepping my truth for someone else's version of me. Congruency. When I drop the mask behind which I hide and show you my fears, my tears, my years of struggle and pain and triumph over shame. It's coming. I'm coming along. I feel it in the words I write, flirting with you all, daring to be me unapologetically. My guest today has fought for his own congruency. He has firsthand knowledge of the struggle with self to be real, to come to terms with half-truths and self-limiting beliefs and literally take the leap developing radical trust in the universe to embrace life. I'm just getting to know him myself, and I'm grateful for the chance to do a little digging with him today. His perspective is pretty special. Let me tell you a little bit more about him. Seth Rohr has spent countless hours in his pursuit of love, service, and wisdom. His spiritual journey is one of heart. His mission is to help people shift their awareness and level of consciousness so they can create a life based on divine love and unlock their unique gifts and cosmic power. His nearly 20 years in the fire service in various leadership, mentorship, and instructional roles gives him a unique perspective and ability to guide you through intense inner work to discover, accept, and shine your light of love on the shadows and heavy energy in your body to reclaim your power and create the amazing life of your dreams. As co-creator of the Roar Revolution, Seth and his wife, Angel, invite us on a journey to the ancient city of Teotihuacan, Mexico, the magnificent sacred sites of Peru, the great pyramids of Egypt, and more, to be assisted on our paths to rediscovering the truth of who and what we are. As master healers and practicing shamans, Seth and Angel assist us in reclaiming power, focusing intent, and creating a life and inner state of being once thought impossible by most people. As Seth says, 
As you walk your path through all that currently holds you back, you are not alone. Inner work does not mean lonely work. He's an author, speaker, podcaster, leadership coach, fire captain, emergency medical technician, swift water rescue technician, Reiki master, and Toltec shaman. Seth, thank you for joining me and gosh, for spending beautiful time on this beautiful Sunday afternoon thinking out loud with me and my listeners. Natalie, it's such a pleasure to be here. I I love talking about the things that come to mind when we're not being fake, when we're getting to the truth, speaking from the heart. And and like you mentioned, we, we have just recently gotten to know each other. And it was on one of these trips and these dives into self. You know, getting to know ourselves is what brought us together. We both said yes to a project with some dear friends of ours to write in their book. And part of that was a retreat to this one of the places you mentioned, Teotihuacan, Mexico, which is a magical place. And if you've never been there, I, I can't recommend it enough. Find a find a guide, a healer, a shaman, somebody that is aware of the, the magic that Teo has to offer and go with them just to experience it one time. You know, for us, uh, going with, with Stephanie and Jeremy to, to do the book was a, a, different, a different take for me. I was going with people I'd never met. I'm, I'm new to Stephanie and Jeremy as well. So the whole group was all going to be people I'd never met before, which is fun and exciting. Getting to see and, and experience and know people has become one of my my greatest joys as I as I strip away the, the parts of life that don't matter and get to see the, the soul and the truth of who people are. I, I love witnessing the beauty of the creation that they are making in this in this life and this dream. And that's where I met you. And it was an honor to be there and to witness the growth of everyone, and especially with you and seeing where you came from. One of my purposes in in this lifetime is to hold a, a safe masculine energy and just provide that and be aware of how I'm presenting that to people so that they can come to it as they see fit. Um, We didn't necessarily interact a whole lot on the first few days. And, and these are, these are things I'm I'm used to. You know, I'd be curious to hear your, your, I mean, we didn't have a whole lot of time to chat about that, but um, I can usually tell when there is, is masculine wounding involved because I represent on a physical level, so much of the, the masculine um, I, ideas, right? I'm I'm tall and I'm big and I'm strong and I and I can my physical presence can be intimidating. So it offers an opportunity to disassociate that physical from what masculinity is, and have people relearn that you can be both. Both can exist. There can be a, a powerful, loving expression of masculinity that's there to support and nurture the nurturers as well as all the things and and you are and you got to meet the the softer gentler version of me <laughs> the me that was the me that is has died many times over mm-hmm. uh used to be uh, bald-headed and big mustache and and even more physically intimidating and i've shed some of those layers because it was too much Right. Mm-hmm. There was just too much for people to, for that, uh, more than I wanted people to have to work through. So, yeah, I've been mean, curious to see. I mean, it was interesting to observe and, and, and just take part in the rituals and ceremonies that we, that we got to do together in, in Teo and, and then have over a period of a few days, have you come into, um, I guess, my, my closer circle, my, my intimate circle, where we began to actually interact on a more deep level and and uh, got to know the, the, the soul truth of who you are. Mm. Wow. That's interesting to, ref- to hear your reflection of our introduction. 
and to have it strike so true. Um, I'm, I am thinking about um, those first few days uh, in Teo. We were there for eight days total, right? Seven days, eight days total. A very intense time. Um, not a lot of downtime. Uh, a lot of, uh, well, frankly, from the from the word go, it was dive in and and let's get this show on the road. We've got things to do and a book to write. Um, it was very interesting to my first journey to Teo uh, was with all females and Jeremy, <laughs> the, the soul that uh, he and he held such incredible space um, um, from his own masculine perspective, um, just a, a wonderful soul. But to go from that that small group of, of women to nearly just over two times the size and to have males in the room. Um, it was, it was a different experience and it took a second to, to let my guard down, um, in more, even more ways than one. Um, now that I hear your reflection on it, um, it's, it is, uh, a bit of, and like, I'll just keep some folks at arm's length as I, you know, do my own thing. Um, but then here's my reflection, witnessing you, um, on the outside being there, you know, we, we, we have impressions of people and we, we come with our experiences informing those those impressions, right? Um, and then slowly, especially in an intense environment like that, we chip away at it, witnessing you holding space for others, overhearing you counsel and listen and be who you are naturally, which is a very soft, wonderfully welcoming um, energy that says, Hey, it's okay to lean into me and, and share and be who you need to be. I'm, I'm going to hold this space and keep an eye out if you will, um, so that you can be who you need to be. Um, and I overheard that in many instances and I think unknowingly and knowingly, um, you know, started to let down my own, notions of, um, you know, having, um, having a connection. And I appreciate, I, I appreciate that. That's, that's an incredible, um, connection to make with you in, to look back at, at the experience. Um, I think if I can take it even one step further, Mm. a, healer that we went to, and now I'm getting my trips mixed up, um, Hilda, a medicine woman. When I spent some time with Hilda, um, she indicated that I needed to let go of my masculine, that I was so overcompensated in masculine energy that I had let my feminine energy be completely squashed Mm -hmm. to the point of her just being like embracing me and saying, sweetie, you like, we have to build you up. We've got to build your feminine up. I would love your perspective more on that dance between masculine and feminine and the energies that make us, that make us whole. So, yeah, I mean, like you said that the, you know, it, 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 there's the balance, right? We all house both. Right? There's a there is a common misconception out there that you know men are masculine and women are feminine. We all have the ability to nurture either one, and we have the ability to suppress either one. It's very common for women to have suppressed their femininity because it's been seen as vulnerable and weak especially when women are trying to achieve and and gain some sort of status, whether it be at work or even in social groups or whatever, 
they will suppress that feminine energy and focus on the masculine. So I've had the opportunity to have this exact dance in real time with my wife. Mm-hmm. We met, she was she was just coming out of a, a similar experience, knowing that she had been out of balance with her masculine and been suppressing her feminine for years as a high-performance gymnastics coach. She would really stepped into that that masculine dominant, you know, get shit done type of of role. And I came from the reverse. My, the first 30 years of my life, I was so masculine dominant. And I shouldn't say that. I should say from about age 10 to probably 35. Because when I was younger, I recognized in retrospect, I was very, uh, a very soft, what I'm becoming now. I'm, I'm re-becoming my child. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of, if, if you think about it, that's really the goal we all are, are after unlearning all the things that we thought we should know to survive in this world, to become the child that came in with all the tools to really succeed. Mm-hmm. So in this balance, in this dance, I have learned to foster my feminine. And in, and and I gave her the opportunity to set down the masculine and foster her feminine as well. Mm-hmm. There's a... a for somebody that has developed the, the the masculine energy, the warrior, as a self-preservation because of trauma or whatever else in their life, there, there's a point at which they can't trust you unless you can out-warrior them. So they're walking around thinking, I have to protect myself, I have to protect myself. And as you can show them that you are at least at the level of of warrior or or can surpass their warrior and then give them that trust then then they are allowed to then shed that armor because they know that there's somebody that can take care of them at least as well as they've taken care of themselves on multiple dimensional levels and then they can let it go so that is a, a dance that we have worked on, you know, as, as I try to increase my, my own relationship with the feminine energy side of me for my own balance and also pres- provide her the opportunity to do that with her feminine energy, shed that, that warrior. But it's not something we're trying to get rid of or replace. It's just understanding that you can, you can go back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it is a dance. There are times when for men, your feminine is what's needed. You need that softer side. You need to, that approach of a more nurturing, loving. And then there's times when the masculine is needed. You need to you know, step up to protect yourself or your loved ones or just protect truth. And the same is true for, for women. And it's, it's interesting because women in particular, they, they suppress their feminine because they fear of, that it is a weakness. And the reality is, it is their strength. Embracing that feminine energy is your strength. And it can feel vulnerable. And that's the other paradox. And, and is that that what the thing that feels most vulnerable is actually the thing that makes you most strong. Mm-hmm. After you step through that fear that we've been told, oh, don't do that because, you know, don't, don't do that. Don't be that because you'll get exiled. You'll get kicked out of the community that hits us in a primal connection piece. We all want to connect. And the irony is that we shut off our connection to try to be these things that we're told to be, to fit in. And when we start sacrificing those things, and I, and I use sacrifice intentionally, people think of it as a bad word, like, but sacrificing is what you must do. You must sacrifice these beliefs. You must sacrifice the you that used to be to make room for you that can be. Mm. That's beautiful. And as you grow into that, you find that what once was your greatest fear and vulnerability and letting people see the truth because they may not like you becomes your greatest power to stand in yourself and love yourself unconditionally 
And when you do that, you connect to the source of all life, which is that unconditional love. And then you become unflappable. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that can take you down when you are anchored in the truth of who you are and connected to the truth that is all of life. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's the dance that most of us are dancing in our adult life. Our parents who who did their best and our, our loved ones and the people that we encountered all did their best to try to set us up to succeed based off of their model of reality. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for most of us, their model of reality is a broken model of reality, not based in truth. It's based in unintentional lies that cause us to miscreate as opposed to create, co-create with life. Mm-hmm. Authenticity comes to mind. This Absolutely. Yeah. 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 There's the only path to belonging and feeling like you belong is that authenticity. Mm-hmm. You know, a lack of um, a lack of authenticity is the driver behind all discomfort mm-hmm. in the human body and soul. It's the driver yes. behind addiction. It's the driver yes. behind all the all these behaviors that that uh, cause harm to others. We're ultimately it's all a projection of the harm that's that we're causing to ourselves Mm -hmm. in my own reflections that you know i i realized yesterday in a session with um with a shamama if you will um that my journey is forever and it is beautiful and that these vulnerabilities that feel like they are just going to rip me the i just like physically can feel the the exposure of wounds mm-hmm. um that those there it, it, it's a beautiful pain that comes from the light that gets shed on it it's almost um a warmth that it's, it's a, it's a, it's a physical and mental warmth that comes over you when you literally take yourself out, free yourself from the chains of pain that didn't, that you didn't even know were, were holding you, you know, that you didn't even know that the release, the relief of the release was theirs, was there for the taking until you continue to dig for it and the pressure gets relieved, you know? Um, and I think the, you know, the, the, the journey we went on to Teo for me was one of telling a story that has been a story of, 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 of pain and, and trauma, um, that as you're referring to took the, it, it put a, a, an end to a, a child like freedom and created a, an obligation, if you will, that I, I made, um, to this, it was about self-preservation. As you say, it was, nobody's going to take it. Nobody's going to take advantage of me like that ever again. You will not catch me by surprise like that ever again. I will be on, I'm having this realization for the first time, just saying these words, you will not, I will be on watch at all hours of the day, no matter what it takes to make sure that I never get taken advantage of like, like that again. But yet in being on that constant high alert of, you know, ready to take on, you know, whether it's behind me, above me, below me on this, like that I, I was so busy fighting for what I didn't want and keeping distance and arm's length of people n- not taking advantage of me that I disassociated from the real 
being inside of me that I left behind that is about connection, that is about authenticity, that is about human feeling and being and, and congruency, being completely accepting of, of who I am and loving my, every bit of myself. Um, There's a, a deeper part to that too. in that when, where we put our attention is what we create. Mm-hmm. So in our attempt to build these walls to protect ourselves, we put all our attention into the walls and all the harm that could come our way. And we end up unintentionally inviting that into our life. And then it just furthers that. See, this is why I have the walls up. Because there's another thing, another thing that's trying to harm me, another person, another situation. But we're putting our attention on it. So instead of putting our attention on the things like you were saying, on the things that you wanted to create, you're putting your attention on the things that you wanted to avoid. Mm-hmm. And it brings more of those things into your awareness and into your life because that's where your focus is. That's where your vibration's at. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it is an act of faith to say, I'm going to trust that because I want to be protected, something or something outside of me or something inside of me that I'm connected with will hold those walls while I turn and focus on what's true. That unconditional love that I am, the cosmic, eternal cosmic being that I am, that's here having an experience of amazing and beautiful creation with life. Mm-hmm. And, we have, and just this amazing opportunity to be here and do this. And it's something that we've chosen. And I don't begin to understand all the reasons why the veils are in place to keep us from seeing everything. But it doesn't take long when you start looking at science to know that we obviously don't see everything. I mean, just Mm -hmm. just with sound and light alone, they've measured there's, you know, tons of things that we are not observing that are happening all around us. You have an incredible journey that you've led um, up until this point. I'm curious if you'd be willing to to share a bit of your own journey to your present state of of spiritual alignment, um, because you talk about or you talked earlier about aligning your masculine and feminine and and who you were as a young person. Um, the the alignment didn't come easy. Um, it, it didn't just pop out of the sky and hit you in the forehead with a, a big lightning bolt, uh, a la Harry Potter. Um, I never use movie and what am I doing? That's so not me. I never do that. Um, but somehow Harry Potter is here. Um, well, I love Harry Potter and I use movie references all the time. So <laughs> Yum! it has, it has arrived. Um, but I'm, I just, I'm, I'm fascinated with your own journey and and um, how you how you found alignment yourself and and if you have a few minutes of of a story you can can share with with me again and, sure. and with people that are listening. Yeah, I mean, I can I can try to do the abbreviated version. You know, I think for most of us, we we really have a hard time putting a a fine point on where the journey begins, right? Because, like you said, the it's all a journey. So at which point did it take a turn away from my authenticity? And at which point did it take a turn back towards it? It's hard to say exactly. Um, I can remember the, one of the first times that I was aware that I was making a choice to seek things that didn't fall within what I considered normal, you know, ordinary reality. And it was very mundane. I was looking to create some online business because I was, I knew I wanted to, I just had this idea. Where did this idea come from? I don't know. But I had this idea that I wanted to have a side job. Uh, you mentioned that I'm, a, a, I'm currently a fire a captain in the fire service, and, and I have a fair amount of time off in between my shifts to explore other ways to be of service. So I just happened to find a, a business podcast. I was like, great, this will help me on my on my journey. Well, this particular business podcast happened to be mixed with metaphysics. 
it's called the the Mind Your Business podcast by James Wedmore, and he is mixing what he calls the woo with business. And at that point in my life, he was talking about just like just enough abstract thoughts that my mind didn't outwardly reject it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I stopped and just analytically, I said, well, this guy has a, what I'm looking like. He's produced what I'm hoping to produce. And, you know, millions of you know, million, multi-million dollar a year business online. And so it'd be silly to dis, disrespect him by just, you know, letting it all go. So I listened and he made suggestions about meditation. So I said, well, screw it. I'll give it a shot. Well, that led to starting to feel a little bit better and some more suggestions. And then I started digging into who his teachers were and I started working with them. And so it it just started building. And before that, it it had started even earlier than that. When when I first got divorced, when I divorced my first wife, I knew I I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew I wanted to be happy and I knew I never wanted to be subjugated again. And that I think is what the real the real choice I made that led me to where I am today. I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I chose to I was going to choose happiness and I was going to choose my own joy over subjugation, regardless of what life and the rules I had been taught were going to lead me to believe was right or wrong. So I started down this path, things started growing, I became more, I dove deeper into metaphysics and shamanism and different ways of being. And ultimately, I, I found myself in Teo on a retreat with, an, with another uh, healer, which is where I met my wife, my current wife. I was married at the time to my second wife and thought things were great. Um, I met Angel, we, we had an immediate connection. We had, there was a very deep connection that we knew we had been connected over many lifetimes that we had work to do. And it was just that we had work to do. And I was excited to go home and share this with my, with my wife. Like, hey, I met somebody. It's going to be great for what we're working to build and making a difference in the world. Um, it was not received well. My, my wife felt like I had been, uh, that I had, been unfaithful and then even just on an emotional level. Uh, During my time in Teo, I had had an experience I couldn't really explain. During one of the ceremonies, and I just thought, wow, that was really cool. Like it felt very opening and, and I didn't know until I actually got home what that had meant. I had, you know, people talk about awakenings. I don't know if I'd call it an awakening, but I my heart cracked open the the protections that I had put around my heart that had blocked out the truth of who I were, were, I don't know if I'd say completely disintegrated, but there was a, a large crack in the armor at that time. And in that moment, I knew that I was here to love and be love and be the example of love and provide an unconditional loving container for people to step into. And it wasn't mine. It was mine to share. And I couldn't sacrifice that. That was the truth of what I was here for. And everything else was the illusions that I had created to this point in my life. Because we couldn't find any mutual ground, my my second marriage ended due to that, which... It's, you know, it, it started under certain pretense. I had a big shift and we were no longer aligned together. It does, and so it's not a, it's not bad or good. It just, it, it's what happened. But this is what I mean with sacrifice and, and following your truth. It doesn't always mean that a relationship's going to end and, and fade away, but it means you're going to have to reevaluate everything that's in your life as you grow. Is it helping you grow? Or is it keeping you stuck or worse, sabotaging your growth? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my second wife was a wonderful woman. My first wife was a wonderful woman. It just wasn't what was meant to be for me. I was creating, I created both of those relationships from a non-authentic place. So as I stepped into my authenticity, they just didn't, they didn't have a place there. And that led to... And after that happened, then then Angel and I started 
working together more closely and and started exploring a romantic relationship as well and, and then obviously now today we're married but and have had the opportunity to learn and grow from one another at such a rapid rate that it's just been it's been i mean i guess most people would describe it as a whirlwind but you know i, I joke now because i i go to her and I say oh i was reading this book the other day and i dropped into meditation and and I now and dragons came in for me. I have dragon guardians, and I just tell her like that, like it's a normal thing. Like that's the life I'm lead. I lead now. Like it's a normal thing for me to have new like dragons come in that are going to help me to just have to start experiencing like oh yeah, actually I can. I'm I'm starting to be able to really tap into people's energy fields and know what is going on with them, and in a way that I can then help them release that. Mm -hmm. One of the ways that I do that's through a you know a shamanic type of breath work, a halotropic breath work. But you know, and among other ways. But that's you know that's kind of where I started it. And all the while, I mean, I've been in the fire service for almost twenty years. So all the while, I've been having this journey along with this career, and it's been really interesting. Uh, like that's the part that people don't talk about when when they say go to this retreat. It's amazing. It'll change your life. They are right. Mm -hmm. you know, retreats in places like Teo, Tiwakan, and Peru, and Egypt, when you go with people who are spiritually minded and you're there to get the messages that those places have to offer, they will change your life. And then you're going to go home and integrate those changes. And that's where you start seeing the sacrifices. Are you willing to sacrifice your old ways of being to step into this new, beautiful a more authentic version of yourself and i just kept saying yes to me and it can oftentimes will be misinterpreted as selfish hmm. people say well you're being selfish it is it is never selfish to choose your heart first people that don't understand that will fall away and people that do will take their place but you can't add more to a cup that's full so until you start emptying your cup out of the things that you put in there that aren't serving you, you're, there's going to be no room for those things that will serve you to come in. Mm -hmm. flow is, the flow is blocked. Mm -hmm. All of that energy is blocked until you make the room. So again, an act of faith. As you start letting go of those things, it can feel scary because we're stepping into the unknown. And that is one of the, the most powerful lessons that I've learned is to no longer fear the unknown. That is what keeps most people stuck in their lies for you know the the, the non-truth that that lack of alignment the fear of the unknown i mean i can go on for i could talk for a long time about the, the heart mind connection and how it's gotten reversed mm -hmm. but along that path if you just if you just make the commitment to you to your true self to your heart and never sacrifice that know that it's going to change and morph as you grow and change but your the truth of who you are will never change the truth of what's going to serve you highest will never change so that's that the hardest truth that's the hardest truth you've fought for yeah yeah the truth of self yeah and once you make that commitment to to committing to the truth of who you are that's the measure by which everything is measured. That's mm -hmm. the bar. It doesn't, if it doesn't meet, it goes. Mm -hmm. So it, it can be kind of ruthless, but there's also misconception out there that unconditional love is, is this kind, soft, gentle thing all the time. Mm -hmm. Unconditional love is exactly what it needs to be for your highest good. And sometimes that's ruthless. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's coddling, comforting compassionate but it's always with the elevation of the vibration of life mm -hmm. at its core driver so when you are doing that for you that's what gives you the tools that's that's the main tool to step through all the changes that are going to happen in your personal life your professional life you know at, at work I, i'm fortunate to be able to implement some of my changes of just how i want to show up because i'm a captain i have a station and i have a crew and i can 
just say, you know what, I don't want to be doing what everybody else is doing. I want to come at this from a different angle. And I want to see what happens when I do. Mm-hmm. And I've seen beautiful things happen. You know, I've, I've watched transformation in my guys, not because I've made them do anything, just because I've presented myself and made myself available and do my best to set the example and be that loving, compassionate, kind, masculine role model. Mm-hmm. And, and, the representation, the and the representation of unconditional love for yourself first. Uh, that really resonates with me in terms of that what 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 that unconditional love needs to be to serve your best and highest self is not always soft and cuddly and it's about such a a true alignment um and awareness self-awareness and that that i go back to the truth that you've you've fought the hardest for that that says i'm not I'm not going to sidestep who I am. Uh, it, and and for me, like I hear, you know, folks say I've I've had folks in the last couple of years on my own journey, um, folks from my past and and even family members who say they don't recognize me or they don't. This isn't this isn't like you, Natalie, and this isn't this or that or fill in the blank. And, and the first thing I want to say is thank you. (laughs) That's music to my ears. Yeah. Because I was, what you were, what you were experiencing with that version was not, but it was so sweet. It, It may have been serving, you know, serving you sweetly, but it was at the expense of many other things that I wasn't honoring in my own self. Um, and I think for me, it was bound up in the, in the, in knots of addiction and, and, you know, games I was playing with myself and um, just some pretty, um, and these are all very, uh, th- these are personal realizations that I have come to know in my own you know, people say you, but you're, you're, you've always been a loving kind, this, that, or the other, you, you weren't a bad per. It's not that this was a bad evil. It was just that it wasn't, I write in, in my chapter and in our book together, that it just wasn't the whole me. It was a half me. It was a half truth of who I am. And I never gave, give, gave of myself a hundred percent. There was always a little, you know, like it, well, it was the, 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 the locked elbow of, you know, I'm going to give as much as I can up to a point where I'm, I've got a wall around me, you know, um, of protection. And, um, I'm, I, I love hearing what you're saying. Um, I've got a whole nother part two that we have to take on um, because I do want to dive into the heart mind connection. And, um, and then the concept too, I think of subjugation is one that um, is very, um, is very real and not talked about a lot in, uh, in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, So I'm going to just have to insist that we regroup and, and have another one of these a part two of, of the rural revolution. Um, sure we could make that happen and, and bring angel into the fold too. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I want to know kind of as a, as a last little, just curiosity, what do you, what do you dream about as you are, you're on this next, you know, part of your journey, you and Angel, um, what are you all working on and, and, and what's next that you're dreaming into, into existence? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking that. You know, we're right now we are wanting to figure out the best way to spread our message 
of love and this masculine feminine balance we are you know we are also authoring a book collaborative book that will be coming out in uh, on june 21st and it's it is a a higher level of of thinking around leadership it's called bites of light evolving leadership for the spiritual entrepreneur um, it's just looking at leadership from a different level and not from the same dimension as most people do in the, in the 3d in, the, in this normal in this reality uh, there's deeper levels to it and also we want to provide community for people that are going to going to events that are working down their journey and they have you know they're, they're getting these these big aha moments and having these crack opens and and there is that part where you have to go back to your everyday life we have to integrate these things right the journey is not to to disappear into a hole and and find the the way you can hide from all of your traumas by well this this feels good i'm just going to go do this forever and ignore all these other things right the journey is integrating those diving into those shadows letting them loose so that you can live life right we're here to live this life enjoy this life love this life create a beautiful and amazing life for yourself so providing a community where people can get the love and support that they're not necessarily getting from the people around them mm -hmm. because those people don't love and support them but they don't understand mm -hmm. they are not capable of providing what they don't know mm -hmm. so having that space where where people can get support on their journey have ongoing uh, you know, it's it's a membership style community where there'll be you know ongoing calls and and different things to help keep to help keep the practices front and front and center. Like that's the other thing is we can't go to you know the 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 old analogy. I think there was a, a meme out about at one point the guy gets to the gym, he does one lap, you know, gets on the scale, does one lap around the gym, and then gets back on the scale and is like, you know, frustrated the scale hasn't dropped. It's like it, it all takes practice and commitment. Mm -hmm. We didn't create the position we're in today overnight. We're not likely going to uncreate it or create something more beautiful overnight. But your attention has to be on the creating something more beautiful. So far too often I see people like, well, I go to events every, you know, once or twice a year, and I'm just not seeing the change in my life. The change happens in the time in between mm -hmm. these events. Where are you choosing to put your attention? So creating that space where people can have regular reminders and accountabilities and also a place to share their their wins. You know, we need to celebrate our wins, be grateful for the things that happen, no matter how small that, that the vibration of gratitude is going to bring more things to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. And it's the closest it's the closest feeling that rivals that unconditional love space. So if you don't necessarily know how to get into unconditional love space, just focus on being grateful. Feeling the gratitude in your body and in your soul for the things that are going well in your life and the little wins you have. And that will help elevate you and get you to a point where you can begin to experience that unconditional love for yourself and other people around you. So yeah, that community, the book, um, we're going to start doing some, some book touring in the summer with some events that are tied to that, transformational events that are, that are tied to the book tour. So we are excited to get out there, get out there and start spreading, spreading the word, spreading the medicine. I love it. Yeah. The buzz I'm feeling is gratitude. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's we're we're just that's what we're here for. We're here to vibrate gratitude and unconditional love and watch what amazing things come into your life when you can commit to that. Yeah, yeah. Ah, Seth, my friend, I am so uh, incredibly grateful that uh, our paths crossed at the Dreaming House in Mexico. And I am I'm genuinely excited for what you and Angel have in store as, as spiritual leaders and, and as special humans. Um, I want to be sure that people can find you and experience you. Mm -hmm. um, anybody that's listening should consider joining Seth and his beautiful wife, Angel, in the Bites of Light den, right? Yes. Um, in there, you'll find love and support and assistance as part of a pack. 
Uh, I love the wolf that that adorns your your book cover and 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 even um, you all can't see, but over his shoulder is a wolf looking back at me. Um, <laughs> celebrating your awakening to new gifts, applauding uh, newfound awarenesses, and encouraging you to bring your fears into the light of their safe container. Um, and then if you're ready for more focused one-on-one work, uh, Seth is happy to assist in your rediscovering your inner power and your personal truth. Um, again, you, you say it's a, it's a re a remembering, a rediscovering it's going back to, um, where, where you've, you've already been and, um, reawakening that, that young and vibrant self, um, and guys, you can join Seth on social media and check out his website to see how he can be of higher service to you in further creating your beautiful story of life. He's on Instagram, uh, he and Angel, uh, Instagram.com, and the, the tag is Bites of Light. Um, on Facebook, the same thing. Your handle is Bites of Light, and that's Bites with a Y, B-Y-T-E-S of Light, O-F-L-I-G-H-T. Online, there's a podcast to listen to, there's books to order, pre-order, one-on-one sessions to book, uh, Roar Revolution, R-O-H-R-E-R, revolution.com. Did I miss anything? Uh, We have a YouTube channel too. You can search it, Bites of same thing, Bites of Light. Great. You'll know it. You'll know it by uh, the the wolf involved. Beautiful. The, The very beautiful galactic purple wolf that our that our artistic friend, very talented uh, friend of ours created for us. I love it. It's a very powerful, a very powerful image that you all are, are behind. Um, Thank you all for tuning in and for thinking out loud with me on today's guest, guest, Seth Rohr. I find, uh, have found myself in a bit of a funk the last couple of weekends, and I've missed this opportunity to tap into my community of healers and journeyers for mental medicine and, uh, frankly, salve for my soul. Putting one foot in front of the other, uh, the month of May promises more enlightening conversations. Please continue to tune in, keep an eye out for when, and until then, take care of yourself. Big hugs, big love. Bye, friends. All my love.